Hey, welcome to a new episode of Last Call Baseball, number 128. I'm your host, Dorian. Are you having a good year? I've been having a good year. You know who has not been having a good year? The now Cleveland Guardians pitcher, Lucas Gelito. I spoke about him about a month ago. He's 28 years old. He's he At that time, he was the right-handed pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Back then, the White Sox were in fourth place. Does it matter what place the White Sox are in right now? No, because we're not talking about the White Sox, and the White Sox are not going to the playoffs. But this season, Lucas Gelito has unfortunately going through a divorce. He was traded from the White Sox to the Los Angeles Angels released by the Los Angeles Angels a few days ago, and now picked up and has to fly back across the country to pitch for the Cleveland Guardians. He was already having, for him, not a good year with the Chicago White Sox. He's a much better pitcher than what he's been going through this year. And with the Angels, you probably already know this, he had six horrific starts. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, when you go through all that changes, you're going from, Cities, he probably had a house just outside of Chicago, has to go to Anaheim, eh, not that great of a city, then has to go to Cleveland, as our former co-host Carlo used to say, not a fan of not a fan of Cleveland, this guy just might be thinking, I just want to be loved. Lucas Gilito, we're cheering for you, we're pulling for you, I'm sorry you're going through life issues, I'm sorry that you keep getting traded and released and picked up, I hope you find a happy house, happy home somewhere in 2024, because it has not been a fun year, it's been a terrible, no good, very bad year for Lucas Gilito, and Lucas, you're going to bounce back in 2024, my friend, we all have bad days, we have good days, but one thing that we all love to do Besides probably eat and drink a nice adult beverage is to laugh. And this week's guest I'm very much looking forward to sharing with you is going to make all of us laugh. This week, our special guest is LA-based comedian Sarah Tiana. Sarah, welcome to Last Call Baseball. Thank you, Dorian. I'm very excited to be here. I'm happy that you're here. I'm even happier than normal because not only are you a comedian, which I love having comedians on the podcast, you're an Atlanta Braves fan. But before we start talking about baseball, you've performed as as a comedian around the world. Yeah. One of those places is Afghanistan. If you were to write a Travelocity review on Afghanistan, what what, what would that be? Are that is the Taliban having a, a, a come? Is this their comeback album? What was Afghanistan mm. like for you? I think it's their debut. Uh, I would say beautiful. If you if you love 120 degree weather, it is definitely the place for you. Very uh, good property value, I would say. It's like um, doesn't cost a lot to buy a house there. You can make your own drugs kind of over the counter um, with the poppy fields. Uh, they could use a Home Depot. But like other than that, I think it's it's honestly like this is me making jokes, um, but it is um, it is a really beautiful country. It is very interesting to go to a country that you've heard a lot about, good and bad, and to see a place that is actually kind of untapped, you know, because it's not really completely inhabited, you know. I mean, and you get to really see nature, like being in Iraq. It was really devastating because 
you look at the place that was supposed to be the fertile crescent where the Tigris and the Euphrates meet. And in the Bible, that's the Garden of Eden. And now it is just a desert wasteland because Saddam Hussein dammed them up, you know, to to punish the people who live down there. So it's just, it's just, uh, but I think like historically you look there and you go, oh man, like this really does feel like the dark ages. So like it's good and bad where you go like, Wow, people like the kids here cry when you try to give them shoes, but also it's so beautiful because nothing here has been damaged by civilization. Well, at least you brought some laugh to Afghanistan. Maybe not the Afghani people, but the servicemen and women of the U.S. armed forces. And the very cool historical thing is you you probably inhaled the same molecule that Alexander the Great breathed in when he was in (laughs) Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say we're very similar. Yeah, breathe the same air around. Oh. I'm, I'm almost as old as he is. Yeah. But spe- speaking of histor- history, Garden of Eden, Alexander the Great, Afghanistan, you have a new special out, 44. When I first came across it, I was like, is she naming it after Henry Aaron? And then I watched <laughs> it. I mean, you say you did name it after Henry Aaron, but also your age. But then mm-hmm. I started wondering, but you weren't even born when, by the time you were born, Henry Aaron had already retired. How in the world did Henry Aaron become your favorite player? And how did the Braves become your favorite baseball team? Well, I, I mean, the Braves became my favorite baseball team because we moved to Georgia when I was five. My parents were already baseball fans because I was born in the East Bay. So they were Oakland A's fans. My grandmother worked for the Oakland A's. So baseball was very much part of our uh, life. My dad's played on a softball team with Dennis Eckersley's brother. So it's like, you know, Randy Johnson went to Livermore High School. So it's like all these, you know, I, I came from a place of and a family that already loved baseball. And then you move to Georgia and you try to keep the same affiliation, but then you can't ever watch that team on TV. And then Ted Turner buys the Superstation TBS. And then all of a sudden, this is what we watch as a family while we eat dinner on TV trays. And so the Braves became a huge part of my life. And like as, I, as I've gotten older, I become more and more um, of a fan. Like Dale Murphy was always my favorite player when I was young because he was the only one. It was him and Bruce Benedict because I loved the way they said his name over the loudspeaker. Like Bruce Benedict. Like I don't know anything about his play. He wasn't that good of a catcher, but like, uh, so then, you know, just kind of stayed like a Braves fan all through college and then ended up working for them when I was in college at Georgia state in Atlanta, we would park at the old Fulton County stadium and, uh, for my college. But then I worked at Turner field. That was totally separate thoughts, by the way, like to go to school, we parked at Fulton County stadium and we get bust into school but I worked for the Braves at Turner Field right after it was built, pretty much, 99 and 2000. What did you do with the Braves? So I was on the Bleacher Brigade. We were the ones that shot the T-shirts out of the cannon and, yeah, made balloon animals. We did the fan player interview before the game. Yeah. I do have something. Obviously, you that, that that was a long time ago, and you had nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that now. But one of my pet peeves <laughs> is when you go to a baseball game, those dang air guns mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether, you're, whether you're going to a baseball game whether you're going to a basketball game they never reach up to section 350 mm-hmm. or section 500 why is there no why did why is there no love for why can't why can't the the the, the cheering brigade go up to section 300 and then shoot so the we did start XL doing shirts that. down 
Well, a lot of times uh, they, so they actually banned the gun when we were, um, when we were working, we, we, we went to Orlando to train because it was through a company called Orlando Magic or it's called Sports Magic. This they started like with the Orlando, right. <laughs> they started with uh, the Orlando Magic. That was like their first uh, contract. So we had to go, uh, I think we went to, I think we went to Orlando to train. Yeah. And that's where they taught you how to make balloon animals. They taught you how to use, to walk on stilts and use the, the launchers and the, you know, whatever. But the year before we went to train, someone died trying to like reach for a shirt from the top tier to the lower. In Atlanta so, or, or, or no, Orlando? No, it was in Cincinnati. I oh, believe okay. it was in Cincinnati that it happened. And so they were like, we don't even use the gun anymore. We don't want them to travel that far. Um, so th then we would go up to the upper levels to just throw them out. But you had to be pretty careful because you just like you just don't want people reaching for something and falling. And it'd be our fault. Like going for a foul ball is, you know, like that's no one's fault. Like you're assuming that risk when you come in. But a T-shirt is something that's added. <laughs> like you don't go to a game expecting to try to reach for a t-shirt. So I think that was part of the liability issue. But um, I think that's why it's more of a safety issue than anything. I don't know. I mean, as a fan, you think of like, this is between me and Jesus, because as I've been going yeah. to baseball games for over 30 years, and I have never caught one of those triple XL shirts yeah. or a foul or home run. Neither one of oh. them. I, I have we, no idea why. Never. Yeah, I don't think I've ever caught a foul ball. I've been hit by one. Uh, at Because uh, when I used to go to games, because I go to games by myself all the time, and I used to always sit near the bullpen so that I could see who was coming in because I'm keeping the book, right? And I want to know which relief pitcher is on deck. And when I was in San Francisco to watch the Braves play one time, you know, when they built Pac Bell Park or whatever it's called now, they forgot to build the bullpen or the arm barn, whatever you call it. And um, so they had to put the now they have one. But before it was just on the third base side and the first base side on the regular field. So I was sitting down there. Um, I believe I was on the first base side sitting down there and I'm, you know, keeping the book and I hear the crack of the bat and I look up to see where the ball is and I go, Oh man, it looks like it's coming up, you know, and it was a line drive and it hit me right in the top of my thigh. Uh, Cause I, I like moved to get out of the way. So it hit there and then it hit me in the stomach. And then the guys that I was sitting next to were like, we got a ball, we got a ball. And then they realized I was hurt and they go, you can have the ball. And so Freddie Freeman hit that one. Oh, and brilliant. then I talked about it on Jay Moore's radio show the very next week. And so he's like calling out Freddie Freeman, like, you got to throw, give Sarah Tiana a ball. You got to sign this. And so he ended up throwing me a ball when I was at Dodger Stadium the, the next week and or that day or whatever. I don't even remember. And um, and so then I ended up giving that the ball that hit me in the leg to a friend and he got Freddie to sign it. So. I do have Freddie's signature on the ball that hit me in the leg. That is pretty cool, and you can <laughs> very actually very long story. Sorry, you can actually watch more Freddie Freeman because obviously he's with the he's with the the Dodgers now. Ugh, oh. I don't go to the ugh, no, I hate the Dodgers. I, I I know, but Freddie Freeman. I mean, yeah, he's with the Dodgers, but that's something else. I like what you said about going to baseball games by yourself as a mm -hmm. baseball fan. That's underrated. 
one of the worst things to do is to go with someone, whether it's family, friends, or a date who has Mm. zero interest in the game. Zero interest. That's the worst. The worst. So I I have actually this year, I actually went to go see a LA Angels Baltimore Orioles game by myself because I wanted to see Shohei Otani. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. You know why? Cheaper. A, I can get whatever food I want. I don't care. I end up meeting people around me, which is usually because you were like, are you here by yourself? Like, um, yeah. And they go, oh, so uh, it used to be a great way to pick up dudes, honestly. Um, but now I don't have to do that anymore. But I, it was just so nice to not have to keep a conversation. Like I could just watch the game, keep score, be really into it. It was also nice that like no one saw me screaming, like keep that bat off your fucking shoulder, Diaz. You know, like I, I, <laughs> it was kind of nice to like not have to have people around me see me melt down while I watch them. Cause I get pretty intense. It's still when they come to town, my boyfriend lets me go to at least one by myself. And I usually get to go to more than one. And then we'll go to a, to one game as a family. And then this year will be the first year I can really take my son to a game. We're actually going to see one in Atlanta next week because I have to go home to see my family. Have to. So I worked it around the Mets Braves series. Of course, you, now it's not as interesting. You, you, you mentioned going to baseball game partially to pick up dudes when you were a single, single mm-hmm. lady. Now you have a boyfriend, you have a family, mm-hmm. but your boyfriend Brock is a Boston Red Sox fan. Oh yeah. How are you go? How is there some kind of power struggle at the house on who's going to indoctrinate your your young boy into <laughs> into baseball fandom? Uh, so Chris, that's his real name. Um, Chris is like, yeah, we we both. Um, so my son's name is Cage. We named him after a batting cage. No, we named him after Nicholas Cage, but. Um, he uh he has red Sox hat and a braves hat he we don't try to sway him either way you know we just go you can't be a dodgers fan or a yankees fan that's really the only rule you can like any other team which means he'll probably love both the dodgers and the yankees that's the way it goes but he he's more just he doesn't understand how the game works because he's only three and a half um but he knows just all the players. So he knows their batting stance and how they stand. So he's constantly doing Ozzy Albies or Matt Olson. He loves the way Acuna stands with his foot up. Uh, Rafi, Raphael Devers, Rafi Ding Dong, big, very obsessed with Devers and Justin Turner and Cassis on the Red Sox. So <laughs> he also like will put a sucker in his mouth like here like Devers does because Devers always has a, so a bunch of chew in his oh. mouth yeah so we're like yeah I know he is he does have a sucker yep you're right he has a sucker <laughs> I would suggest to keep him away from Red Sox fandom because right Raphael <laughs> Devers is disgusting every time you watch a Red Sox game and he's at bat every three seconds he's spitting yeah. out it's disgusting two Ozuna Tur- does it too oh yeah well but, but whatever yeah, but he's, but he's brave so we kind of sure, you know, sure. okay yeah we, we look the other way sure. and then justin turner has that disgusting habit of basically just putting a bunch of tar on his back and he has so that much. black thing on his back but having a three and a half year old boy that he might think that it's okay to like wipe his poo poo on his back so i would say <laughs> yeah. no red sox fandom for as long as those yeah. two guys are on on the boston that's a good idea boston. <laughs> that's that's good that's good i'll bring that up i'll see how that flies in my house I saw that you had on another podcast, you wore a Nakahoma 
hat. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I had never seen one like that. And it was fantastic. Where in the world did you get that hat? I love hats. I love, especially going to win the minor league games to get hats. But for mm-hmm. obviously major leagues, I really only have Braves hat. But that Nakahoma one was a blast from the past. And I don't yeah. want you to get canceled either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually don't know where I got it. I mean, I probably had it for 10, 15 years. I mean, I don't know. I've had so many Braves fans over uh, Braves hats over the years. So I'm sure I either got it at it, a Braves it, game. It, it's okay. Or... You, you can do the, the typical, the typical defense line. It's heritage, not hate. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. I really, I don't know where I got it. I honestly don't know where I got it. It's, it's either I it, ordered it, it online cool. or. I had to commend it. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I have a shirt too. I have an old Nakahoma shirt, and I have two Nakahoma hats. And um, yeah, I, I actually, I'm kind of obsessed with the chop and uh, people's the backlash about the chop. I'm kind of obsessed with it because it's always white people writing about it. So I'm like, you know, I would love to hear from a Native American about it, first of all. But also every time they do interview people from the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians, like they're always like, you know, we're really working on alcoholism and poverty and uh, better education. Right. But all anyone ever wants to ask us about is a cheer. So... We don't care. We say every year that we don't care. What we care about is human rights for our people. So I, I'm kind of obsessed with the the argument. Like whenever people bring it up to me, and they try to shame me, I just throw it back in their face. You're right. the The Atlanta Braves actually do a really good job of. They actually have. I would. I don't know about strong, but they certainly do have a good relations with the tribes of eastern the Eastern Carolinas. Because I know they've oh, done yeah. interviews with them, and it's so they 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 really do make an effort. Well, they participate in their parades. They give money to their own baseball leagues. Like they're they have an entire month dedicated to the the tribe uh, at the battery. They are season ticket holders. <laughs> like I don't really, I don't know. In the government, you call that top cover. They got the brave. The Atlanta Braves have plenty of top cover. Yeah, I also don't feel like the word brave is like they don't believe it's derogatory and like and they go the chop is just like a dumb thing that they invented that that Deion Sanders brought from Florida State. But like they never say anything about Florida That's State true. and they never say anything about the Kansas City Chiefs. That's true. Yeah, so ignore It's just cuz we're in Georgia and like uh, supposed to be the most racist, I guess. Speaking of, anyway, the, the we don't have you, to talk about that. <laughs> the, I like how you blend baseball and comedy uh, almost on almost on a weekly basis. On a regular basis on your Instagram, you have a bit called Sarah Tiana digs a long ball. Mm-hmm. I love I love that bit. It's like you do it for like 90 seconds, like less than 90 seconds. Yeah. You do like three jokes. They're very funny. I encourage everyone to see it. But ne- we've heard how you become a baseball fan because obviously it's inherited. How did you become how do you decide? I want to make people laugh. I, I want to make people laugh. I want to entertain people. I love being the center of attention. I didn't decide that. I never thought I would be a comedian. I didn't grow up wanting to be a comedian. I grew up on stage acting in plays. And um, when I was in college, I realized I really did want to be an actor because you grow up in a small town in Georgia and and you're doing tons of plays and acting. And everyone's like, Sarah, you're such a great actress. You'd make a great dental hygienist. And so like, it's just not something that people think that 
you're going to do or is like a real career. And when I moved to Los Angeles after college, I studied abroad my senior year in college and studied theater in Paris, you know, and I'm like, I'm going to move to LA. Not Afghanistan. No, not Afghanistan. No study abroad as a girl. No. Yeah. They kind of discourage that. Um, I mean, in Kabul, they don't, but everywhere else they do. Kabul is pretty uh, forward thinking. The way the Baghdad is like pretty, pretty forward thinking and progressive. Um, but everywhere else, um, just like America, where it's like the big cities, pretty progressive. Everywhere else, they're like, wait, y'all can vote. Uh, so that's uh, once I moved to L.A., um, everybody kept telling me how funny I was. And I thought. No one's ever told me I was funny. Uh, I mean, I always made people laugh, but I was usually making fun of them. And so they'd be laughing and they'd go, oh, you're that's not funny. That's not funny. So I just heard that's not funny. And I didn't really think too much about it. And then somebody kept telling, a friend of mine just kept saying, you've got to do stand up. And I thought, well, I don't have a sitcom. I can't do stand up. You know, I didn't really understand how it wor- worked. And then I realized, oh, those people got a sitcom because they did stand up. And so I just started writing jokes in my little one like studio apartment on Laurel Canyon out here. And I tried one of them at an open mic and it worked and the rest was history. So I didn't think it'd lead anywhere. And then when you're looking for inspiration, what kind of mindset does you do you have to have as a comedian or even an aspiring comedian? just to look at life through the filter of any, anything could be funny. Like what, when you decide that's actually funny and I want to expand on it and write it down and this could potentially be a joke. I think the longer you do it, the more you realize what is funny and what is not like the more you, you go, "Ah, I don't think that'll work. But then other things you go, Oh, that's definitely a bit. Right. But that takes years of, of, of being, in the zoo, as I call it, because I, I feel like comedians are like uh, animals at the zoo, right? Because when you go to a zoo, the tigers aren't chasing gazelle, right? They're just laying around waiting for something to ha- to eat, right? And then at night, they come alive and they're like, oh, no, everything that I've been resting for all day is this is what I'm going to do. And that's kind of how a comedian is. And I think my whole job in life is just to notice things that most people don't notice. I think, you know, we're highly sensitive people. So we were probably people growing up who just constantly could like read a tone in a room where you go, oh, no, not the right time to talk to the teacher right now. Right. Um, Oh, dad's not in a good mood. So I'm not going to ask him to go spend the night at a friend's house. You know, you just kind of become highly alert and you just become an observer. You're constantly observing things. And I think that's what comedians are very good at. Like, uh, you know, some guy's walking down the street and he's got a mohawk and, you know, tattoos all over his face and neck and piercings. I'll notice that he's wearing sketchers. That's what I'll notice, right? Because I look down. Everyone else is focused here and I'm focused everywhere else. And, and that is how you become a comedian. Your eye is just trained in a slightly different way. I like that. I, I, again, I, I said at the top of the top of this conversation, I love having comedians on because I just, I don't <laughs> want to be a comedian, but I just love uh, trying to understand that comedic brain because I love going to shows and watching specials on YouTube, Netflix, et cetera. It's exhausting because it's kind of hard to turn off 
you know, like most people can come home from work and just kind of like zone out. And I feel like as a comedian, there's never a time when you just go, I'm done, I'm off. It's pretty rare. Because even if you go on vacation, you're like, is this a bit? <laughs> you're not trying to make things into bits, but you notice something and then you go, well, I got to write that down. You said it takes time. It takes years to be a good comedian, just like any other profession. But in our minds as baseball and sports fans, we always say we can do something better. I'm going to take mm -hmm. you away from L.A. and you're going to have to move back to the East Coast to the big, big city of New York City. And you're now the new Major League Baseball commissioner. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Tiana, what would what is what's one or two things that you would do with your brand new powers to change baseball the way you want it to be? Well, I do think that, like, first of all, I would implement something that they are trying in the minor leagues this year, which is uh, challenging a ball and strike. And like, I would give them three uh, ball and strike, uh, uh, three strike challenges or three, three challenges total in the game, whatever they want to use it on. Um, but I think once you use it, you lose it, whether you win it or not. Um, and then I also like the idea of like in the bottom of in the ninth inning, you can put up whatever three batters you want, as opposed to who's next right, up right, right, on right. the lineup. If you you go, nope, we can put up the first three people and then it goes right back to the order that it already was. I like that. It's it encourages scoring, even if a game is like five, four or five, four or five runs apart, the teams are. Yeah, there could be a comeback. I like that. It adds, it adds more mm -hmm. drama. Not, yeah. Not bad. So whatever three batters you know that you want to put up, you you put them up. That's okay. it. Okay, I can I can That's dig it. I, I I think I'm going to apply for a position as a special advisor, senior advisor in the Commissioner Tiana administration. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and then I would also say tell the Mets that they could no longer have an organization. I would pull the plug on the Mets. That's like the last thing I would do. Why? But, Why? Why this hatred no, towards I'm the New York kidding. Mets? I don't really, I don't actually hate the Mets anymore because I used to hate them because they were always like our biggest competitor, but now it's kind of the Dodgers. Now I just would pull the plug on the Dodgers. You're right. Every time, it, every year, I I always think that the Braves and the Dodgers are going to play in a National League Championship Series and the of the past five seasons, the two times they haven't even met in the playoffs is because they both stumbled against mm -hmm. less worthy opponents. At mm -hmm. the end of the day, they got beat. But yeah, the, I remember the Dodgers got knocked out by the Washington Nationals. When the Nationals went on that run, mm -hmm. the Braves got knocked out by the Phillies last year. And then the Cardinals, like in 2019 as well. Anyways, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I genuinely think the Dodgers are the 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 modern day rival over the past five years. The well, who did Braves. the Dodgers lose to last year? Was it the Padres that they ended up losing yeah, to? They, yeah, they lost in, yeah, in the divisional, which was great. divisional round. Because I, as soon as the Padres got uh, Juan Soto, and um, who else did they get at the trade deadline last year? They got Soto. Josh and, Bell. Yeah, and I go, oh, I, I said, oh, Dodgers fans should be shaking in their boots. And they all roasted me, right? They all came after me like, are you crazy? We're 13 games up on the division. And I'm like, and nobody said nothing about the division, dude. And I was like, all that matters is like, they got better and you didn't. And boy, when they get lost to the Padres, I couldn't wait to retweet all those, all those heckles. It was so great. But I also think that it's such a hard place to be in when you are leading the division for the whole season. 
And then just like any team can catch fire in the playoffs. Like it doesn't matter. Like obviously the Braves are doing great and we need to keep playing super hard so that we can get home field advantage, but anything can happen in, in September. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, because it's when, yeah, twenty twenty one when the world won the World Series, they weren't the best yeah. team in the National League. No, but it was we had just a one percent chance, July thirty first. Yeah, like those 1%. five weeks in October that they were great. Yeah, you used to be, Sarah. You used to be a waitress, a, the center of attention, the gatekeeper between food and happiness, and then mm-hmm. you managed, and then you, and now you've become a, a full time comedian waitress. Oh, <laughs> going from waitress mm-hmm. to full time waitress? I, I don't think so. Yeah. But if someone's going to go out, if someone actually is already in L.A. or is going to go out to L.A. to see a L.A. Dodgers game or or fight traffic to go down to Anaheim to see an L.A. Angels game with uh, Shohei Otani, yeah. what's a few places that you like, good local places for a food, drink, coffee, tea, ice cream that you like going to in the L.A. area? Well, there's the best breakfast place is called The Griddle. Um, it's right there in West Hollywood, Sunset and Fairfax, I believe it is. It's only open till 3 p.m. Uh, there's always a line down the street. So get there early, get in and out. It's worth the wait. Big portions, but very delicious. There's a place called Katana that's right next to the comedy store. This is like, <laughs> I only know a lot of restaurants around places that I work. Uh, yeah, so great Great Asian food restaurant, fantastic, great sushi right next to the comedy store. So if you're coming to the comedy store, you like go and eat there and then you just walk next door and you're good to go. And then there's a little place in Los Villas called the Alcove Cafe and Bakery. It's in a house uh, with a big outdoor patio, but they have something called a C's candy cake. Do you know C's candy? Very popular out here, but it's a bunt cake with uh, buttercream frosting and little pieces of C's candy in it. And it's super moist and amazing. Probably the best slice of cake you'll ever have. It's like a sprinkles cupcake in cake form. I have a sweet tooth and that sounds amazing. My sweet <laughs> yeah. tooth is goes more towards ice cream. And I love the, 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 the salt and straw. The oh, one by the lack by the LACMA is yeah. Die for. I, I, yeah. It's I, I tell people that I think in my humble opinion, the two best national ice cream brands in the US are Jenny's originally from Ohio and salt and straw from they're from Oregon, if I remember, or Portland. Oh, yeah. so I think I Portland. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But they I have love one sweet downtown so you, Disney now. You're speaking you're <laughs> speaking my language and you're saying bunt cakes and sweets. Yeah, I know. I love sweets, too. I'm a I'm a sweets girl. Here's my last question, Sarah. Are mm-hmm. we, put your prediction hat on, are we going to be able to attend an Atlanta Braves National League Championship Series game or World Series game in October? Where do you see this Braves team come playoff time? I mean, I think it's all going to depend on their mo- the momentum that they're able to keep. I think this team does really well when they feel attacked or like mad, you know, <laughs> like I feel like they, they're have like, They've been playing so many games this year where, you know, they're always ahead. They're never playing from behind. Like that World Series season, we were always playing from behind. And anytime we'd start losing, I'm like, yes, this is great. This is what we need. We need to be losing to feel like we're chasing something. This team is completely different. This team is, we're the best. We've been the best all year. 
even through injuries, I, we just can outscore people. So like, yeah, our, our starting pitcher, whoever it is, we're just kind of rolling the dice every day. Like, oh, I don't know who's starting. What about you? You in the crowd, do you want to pitch? Like, we don't care. We'll just score enough runs <laughs> so that the other team has to pitch harder. Um, so I, I never... Uh, I, I, I'm really too superstitious to say that we will win the world series or like be in the world series, or, uh, I just want us to keep our momentum throughout September and keep our, our fight. You know, I think the best thing for this team is to hear that like, Hey, people who win, you know, have the best record in baseball, don't always win the world series. And it's probably not going to be you guys. Sorry. It's probably going to be Philly again. Like we really need that to keep our heads in the game. So I'm going to see how it's all going to determine how they play when they come back from having a bye. I think we need to tell Ronald Acuna Jr. that some random dude at the comedy store is making fun of him so that he can <laughs> yeah. finish the season strong and be mm -hmm. pissed, play pissed off in October. By the way, mm -hmm. last year, I made it a point to take I already knew I was going to take time off. I put money aside to go see a World Series and National Championship game in Atlanta, and they got knocked out by Philadelphia. So that was yeah. pretty disappointing on my end. Nevertheless, yeah. As Sarah, long as it's not Philly or the Dodgers, I don't care who gets in there. <laughs> I actually wanted to go out to LA because I knew we were going to. I knew we were going to play LA in the National Championship Series, and I was like, I'm going to go out to LA for at least a game. Didn't happen. Nevertheless, yeah. We'll see what happens in October. Sarah, I want to thank you so much for joining me and having this very fun conversation. Let us know where we can find where, where we can see where we can see you stand where we can see your stand up and any social media that you want to share with us. Sure. So I'm on Twitter, Instagram. It's just at Sarah Tiana, Sarah with an H, Tiana with a Tiana. Uh, I, my special 44 is on YouTube, so you can watch it there. And then uh, every Monday I do uh, on my Instagram, I do Sarah Tiana digs the long ball. They're still all up there. So you can watch them all on my Instagram or TikTok, wherever it is you like to watch videos. I had a good time talking with Sarah Tiana. Check out her YouTube stand-up special. I can't wait to see her act live in person. And I also can't wait to share with you what I've been drinking as I was coming up with the idea for this podcast and actually recording as well. I think this is more traditional. I have a lager from Narragansett Brewing Company in Providence, Rhode Island. This is a good proper. Is this a good proper waspy beer? I don't know. But what it is, it, it tastes good in my tummy. And I've been meaning to go to Rhode Island. I, you know what? I haven't heard that many good things about Providence. Maybe instead of Providence, I'll go get a nice lobster roll in Newport, wear an ascot, and just look like you belong there. Go to a reception at the Naval War College, check out the Newport Regatta, and make sure not to put lobster roll stains on your ascot. Thanks for listening to The Last Call Baseball. Be great and get home safe.